Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. of the 9420 podcast. That was Maddie Hicks' latest single, Backseat. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you guys doing? Hey, Hello, buddy. Nicole. Hello, Gregory. Hello, Carl. 
Hello, Nicole. Yeah, I like that track. You know, she, um, what I like about it too, it's like a lot of cool little nuanced little sounds. Like, you know, um, there's one where the voice, because you like she turns off her voice, like in the conversation word. And, yeah, it's um, kind of a, a strategic use of noise. I, I yeah, like it. Yeah, in the beginning, that sound effects yep. of her being in the car, and at the end, that drum. Yeah, it's like she took a guitar based drum track. Right, and he had a lot of cool little things to it to make it a little more interesting and very cool. It sounds like sounds like if like George Martin from nineteen sixty seven came down for a little bit and threw it like that yeah, piano I've, a piano I've, thing. I've noticed that through the years uh, associated with these folks that are around Belmont University in Nashville, uh, there, there's a lot of creativity there. There's a there's a uh, music school called Mike Curb School of Music inside yeah. Belmont University. And I've noticed that uh, those kids are, by and large, pretty creative. And even something as simple as a singer-songwriter approach, they they usually take a, a pretty interesting bent. Cool. Yeah, she had a. She, it's definitely an interesting take on what she kind of is talking about when it. So, like, basically, kind of does the whole story of what's going on in the back seat. So no. we had a pretty interesting week this week, didn't we? Well, you guys did. I didn't do it. Well, no. I mean, Carl, you were there in spirit. But uh, Greg and I actually got to meet and spend a couple days together down at the Podcast Movement Conference and talk all things music and podcasts, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm kind but of in, exhausted In the podcast it, but... world, is there really any movement? <laughs> <laughs> Well, according to Mark Cuban, apparently there is, because apparently we're podcasted. We're still in, what Mark is it, podcast 1.0 or something like that? I was a little less than impressed with uh, that. I was uh, actually very disappointed in his. Well, like, what was the last time you were impressed anywhere? Well, I don't know. You know, I get impressed with weird stuff. You know me. But uh, now, I, I thought the, um, the the whole fireside conversation was, it was not that impressive to the extent that it's basically being touted as a new interactive data rich version of podcasting 1.0 and that's all well and good but i was really surprised at the amount of money that's being poured into the space there were literally hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars being spent to create the branding the booths there's a lot of money pouring into the podcast space. There's no question about that. Yeah, but that's what always happens. It's always follow the leader. People start seeing big corporations, oh, podcast, let's get right, on it, people. Right. And they all start throwing money at it, and they don't even know what they're doing. Like right. they, they, Once they get involved, it's almost like it's over. Once the podcast yep. movement is huge, it's the end of the podcast movement in <laughs> yeah, reality. Is, I, you know, I, I do think that there is a certain amount of power in this thing called the RSS feed, which is how people – listen to podcasts Which there's a certain amount of power like- in that that we own it we own it and control it but when you start you know forsaking what you can own and control for the convenience of how you make it i.e you get on some big platform that's got millions of dollars behind it but you don't technically own anything you're creating on that platform to me, podcasts have been around for 25 years. It, it, it's basically, and it's been around for 90 years because basically since radio started, it's what it is. I'm sorry. I, I know they like to think there's something new and special, but they're just a radio show. No, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I like, I mean, the fact that, you know, in order to have your own radio show until streaming came along, until companies like Live 365 came along, which was, I'm a huge fan of those those guys, shout out to Live 365 guys. I saw them this week. 
But until that kind of technology came along, you needed a lot of money to get on the radio, right? So again, it's like what's happened in music. Like it used to years ago, like I said, the process weeded out the people who weren't serious or weren't good. It's exactly right. You had to go into the studio, but now anybody and their brother can put together a a track, throw it up on iTunes in five seconds, and then they're flooding the market. So now any idiot with a microphone and 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 an internet connection can have a podcast. That's exactly right. Like us. Yeah, well, well, you know, I think that, I mean, we got, Nicole and I got a lot of good feedback. uh, We are a very professionally produced podcast. Well, I mean- we Honestly, are. that's the way people that's the way people listen to this. We got a lot of compliments fools, on 9420. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean those fools. The reality of it is that there are many, many similarities between the independent music making community, the creators, the rights holders, creators. and podcasters. There are a lot of similarities. Are you calling and, the people in Nashville, those guys in those clubs, that they're creators? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think None of us are creators. Uh, I think, I think God are. was the only creator, and then it's, it's all downhill from there. Well, and, well, okay, so here's my take on it, too. I think, one, they are pushing live podcasting now. Like, that's kind of going to be, like, the next – iteration of what people are doing is instead of it being more of a recorded thing where a show comes out at like midnight on a Tuesday, you're going to go live at like 8 p.m. on a Thursday and it be an unedited type so online Saturday radio pod show. Live. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But I also think SPL. too, the things that we, we at least were hearing is one, people are definitely interested in figuring out how to do music the right way in podcasting. But two, they're just they're all looking to figure out how to make money in this world. And that's well, kind that's of what where the world's always been and, about. How and, to, make, and how to that, take anything and make money from it. And that's where I think my letdown was in not that podcast movement wasn't a good conference. I enjoyed being around people. I enjoyed kind of seeing what the sponsors and the booths had in store and what they think the next things are, but I think they fell short in their sessions and their panels because I think a lot of it was touting and promoting um which was not necessarily something i wanted to do in time what are you doing right now i hate people <laughs> i like that i like that yeah did that come from uh, our friends at podcastmusic.com i did it on my, um, own, my own go ahead so oh, you you made that you yeah. created that. yeah yes. carl's been creating this week while we've carl's, been talking carl is a creator mm-hmm he, well, see, he, I'm a creator. <laughs> he thinks he thinks he's not, but he is. But I think the consensus was a lot of people felt for the money that they spent to go to podcast movement. A lot of it was just pitching and promoting their own things as opposed to learning. I think there's maybe well, that's, three that's, three or four sessions where people had said that they did learn something. Shout out to us because we were one of them. Um, right. But what they always are. I'm yeah. sorry. You know, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead. No, you, you always cut me off. It's fine. <laughs> That's your thing. But it's just, (laughs) to me, I really would love it to see more education and more learning. People understood that the the expo hall was where they would go to be pitched something, and the session should have been where they actually learned something. Anyway, so what are we talking about? So what what is our topic today? So it kind of stems a little bit from the podcasting stuff, but Greg had sent a really great article maybe like a week or so ago, and it was kind of talking about, for music artists, data and streaming and how that doesn't necessarily equate to being truthful and what the numbers are anymore. And I thought that it was just a very interesting topic because we've been saying it for a while that artists really do need to figure out what their true fan base is because 
what's happening now is artists are having problems. They have millions of people following them on TikTok or Instagram or, you know, Facebook, but going to sell out a 200 person venue is like pulling teeth. And I think that's something that as we move forward with the music industry, now that, I mean, the pandemic's still here, but people are trying to figure out how to play live, how that's going to affect well, their career. I told, I've always agreed. I've always said this, like, you know, these numbers don't translate into anything real half the time. That's the yeah, whole thing. Right. These guys have like 9 million YouTube views, but then they try to play like the exit in and they can't get 50 people in there. That's you know, so, or they so, try to raise $10,000 and they raise and they can't 200. Get, yeah, exactly. So anyone, that's why I keep saying these numbers don't really mean a lot. They can, but a lot of times they don't. So what would you say from your standpoint is something that music artists should concentrate more in should, than the numbers? They should keep it old school, like build your, your mailing list. When you go out and play, interact with people. And plus, I don't think people, maybe I'm wrong, I don't think people even utilize their social media Insight. insights correctly. A lot of artists just like post their pictures. So I don't know. If someone follows you, there should be some sort of engagement right away, whether you follow them back and send them a message or follow them back and comment on a picture that they have, something that shows them that you're actually active and thankful for them for actually liking your page, because that's something that I think people take for granted nowadays. They're, they're chasing the likes. They're not chasing the right numbers. From my standpoint, what they really should be looking at is engagement, click-through rates, and then from what they're promoting, did they actually stream something? Did they actually buy something? Did they donate? Those are the more important numbers because that's really the data that's going to get you to the places you want to go as opposed to gaining a huge following. You know, the other number that I think is relevant, the live numbers. You know, it's disconcerting to see an artist that I like with 58 people on the live stream. It's not necessarily about the live streams for me. It's about the live performances. When you're at Honky Tonk downtown, how many people can you actually get to fill that room that are there just for you? I think that's truly the most important data because those right. people will go and spread the word and about get, you. And get, and get them on your email list. Yeah. And have those people because those are the people that are actually moved to do something for you, to come yeah. see you, you know? Want to play another song by Maddie before we can continue to play? Yeah, let's see what Maddie has to say. (laughs) So uh, this is Pit Stop that Maddie has uh, out now too. So we'll listen to Pit Stop and we'll catch you on the other side. My wheels have been rolling in a straight line Trying to chase time and I thought you were gonna waste my Expectations 
find interesting i think and i've done occasionally and i should do more of i bet you that song was written on the bass like you know when you're right when you use a different instrument to write a song like songs i write on the piano just come out differently than songs i write on the guitar or songs i write on electric something that i plug in my electric guitar it's a different vibe once or twice i have picked up a bass i have a bass in, in the closet and i play the bass and when you write a song on a bass it's just a whole different vibe I like I like the bass. It was nice and bouncy. And well, I'm uh, saying it, but I bet you good, I bet you know. that that song probably was written on a bass. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but well, to me, it kind of it I, was um, it was a mixture of like Taylor Swift meets Sarah Bareilles meets Lily Kincaid, who's another artist that we're really trying to get on the show. But like I liked it. I was bouncing around and bopping my head to it the whole time. I rarely say things like this, but I'm going to say th- say something right now that is a proclamation about if you are an artist or a writer, primarily an artist, do we trying have, to make it. I was going to say, do we have any music for this, Carl, to no, lead up we, to we Greg's have no, We have no... You have to get some Greg proclamation. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, if you're an aspiring artist, whether or not you build a big audience, whether or not you're able to do this is... Primarily, I would say 95% predicated upon the idea that your vocal has to be interesting. And I think she's got a, a, a an interesting vocal, so she's checked that box. How about now, this? How about this for Greg? 
Uh, find it, yeah. Find it like an out of tune chord for me. That'll that'll be fine. No, but I I, I really believe that that is a, a prerequisite for people listening to your music. Is your vocal has to be interesting. She's got a nice, interesting vocal. I want to keep listening after every line. You don't have to carry a tune in a bucket as long as your voice is interesting to well, you listen know what? to. It's funny you say that. I was watching for three and a half. I was watching second, a movie. Three and a half minutes. I was watching a movie the other day, and uh, yeah. this great Tom Waits track came on. Well, there you have it. I love Tom, Tom Waits. Is like the coolest guy, and like he's exactly. But it's just great, and like he has a lot of weird instrumentation, like a tuba and a banjo, and like he's singing this. It's, I don't know why it is, but he's just cool. Well, anyway, we, yeah. we can we can go on and on. Didn't we yeah. talk to Maddie? Did we did. We did ask her a couple of questions to get to know her better. Let's hear her interesting voice. <laughs> let's hear what. You, let's see if her if her speaking voice is as interesting as her. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That's the test. So yep. uh, we first asked her to tell us a little bit about herself. Hi, I'm Maddie Hicks. I'm a singer songwriter originally from upstate New York, currently based in Nashville. I've been in Nashville for about three years now. I've been going to Belmont University where I study songwriting and music business. And yeah, I'm kind of a pop artist. I do like pop singer songwriter music. I've been writing since I was little. um, And I absolutely love writing songs and performing them. There you go. Yeah. Doesn't sound like she's from upstate. Sounds like she's from down south, doesn't she? Well, here's the thing. A lot of us New Yorkers are told that we can't sound like we're from New York or upstate. So we just, we sound like we could be from anywhere. Do I sound overtly New York? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Get out of here. Yep. I've mm-hmm. lost it. I sound I don't yet. hear the Southern, you know, like stuff in my voice, but everybody's like, oh, Johnny Cash. I think no, I sound. I can, I can, so for both of you, Carl, you are you sound true New York, and Greg, you sound true South. <laughs> I sound very eloquent. Thanks so much. My, my favorite thing with Greg, when we first met, we first met over the phone. So yep. one day I said, he goes, you know, Greg, I like your voice. You sound like Elvis Presley. And he goes, and Greg goes, yeah, but I look like Jackie Gleason. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I love it. So let's, what else do we ask Maddie? Uh, so we actually asked her what she is currently working on. So this summer I've been working on recording and releasing a lot of new music, starting with my first release in April, which was a single called Backseat. And since then I've been releasing singles and EPs all leading up to um, a full album that I'll be releasing in September. And um, more recently, I'm working on booking some gigs and things like that. I've been playing a couple writers rounds around Nashville, and I'm hoping to start playing some full band gigs. So I'm really excited about that. For being like a junior going into her senior year at Belmont, she kind of seems like she's got stuff put together. Like she's working towards a goal, which I like. I do think that her projects are sounding uh, rather interesting and, and kind of a tad unique. So my advice to her would be when she does go out and do these live shows, find a different way to present. Don't present as um, a kind of a pop uh, female singer songwriter from Belmont University. I mean, find something different to do. Uh, and I think that she'll uh, get a lot more traction that way. Well, and I think too, to expand her reach, I think if she could like go 90 minutes in each direction of Nashville and start playing out full band stuff there, she'd probably have a way better 
audience and fan base than if she just stayed local into Nashville. So don't be afraid to like try to go out to other places if you're not seeing or getting the shows that you want in Nashville. Yeah, I think once you have the the music and like kind of the underlying performance, once you've got those things fairly solid, I think people, you know, I mean, it sounds silly, but they don't pay enough attention to show design or to to what they might wear or what the lights might look like or what the instrumentation might be. They don't pay enough attention to that stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm rather opinionated yeah. today, aren't I? You are. So what else did we ask Maddie? Um, so we asked her what other music artists have inspired her music career so far. And I'm very interested to hear what she said because I think I know who or or yeah, basically, I think I know who. Taylor Swift is a huge inspiration for me. Since I was little, I've been following her career. And as a songwriter, as a performer, as a businesswoman, she's a huge inspiration. Love her music. I've also been a big fan of Paramore for a while and John Mayer, Sarah Bareilles for sure. I love that she also wrote for theater because um, that's something I might get into down the road. Um, she wrote the music for Waitress. And more recently, I've been getting into SZA, specifically her Control album, and Hyam, their album Women in Music Part 3, is phenomenal. I'm obsessed with it. And um, also Haley Williams' solo stuff lately has been really good. So that's what's been inspiring me lately. Again, there's just Sarah Bareilles. I know. I figured it was going to be Sarah Bareilles and Taylor Swift. The Paramore definitely I was not expecting, but it, it makes sense now kind of how she explained it and how she also is listening to more of Haley Williams stuff that's her solo stuff that's not attached to the band. All of those people she mentioned actually have taken uh, unique directions live. So I'm hoping that she'll she'll do the same and she'll find her own look and feel for her live performances because I think she's got a real shot. I think so too, which actually leads us to our last question, which is Carl's favorite, which is what does a successful music career look like for her? To me, a successful career in music would be one where I can completely financially support myself. That would be huge. And also one where I'm inspiring other people. I would love to have the kind of reach where my music can be heard by lots of different people and they can relate to it and, and heal from it and get what they need from it, as well as feel inspired to write their own music and create on their own. I think that that's what I've gotten the most out of other artists. And that's what I would love to pass on to the next generation, anybody who just wants to be inspired to create music. Okay. <laughs> oh, baby Carla. Oh, damn. <laughs> couldn't go one. Couldn't go one or two episodes without her showing up. Yeah. Well, that is true. You know, like sometimes I, I have my little my little thoughts on that, but I'm kind of glad that that Lennon and McCartney got together and decided to put their stuff out there and want us to hear it. You know, <laughs> so and I'm kind of glad that Elton John and Bernie Taupin decided to want people to hear what they do. You know, and David Bowie, another one. I'm so glad that he he persisted. And I think music is wonderful. It's the most wonderful thing in the world. So like, you know, what's interesting? It was, we started out talking about like kind of these false numbers and maybe, you know, right. whether or not uh, artists, aspiring artists should pay attention to the numbers. The reality is that uh, if you write a song and you create it, you pull it out of the ether or pull it out of your butt, it doesn't matter. If you play it and if it changes somebody, if you have a positive impact on one person by virtue of the fact that you created that thing, that should be enough. 
Maddie's kind of on her way to hopefully making something like that happen. I think she's got a good. I hope so. I, I do Versa. think she has a good career going forward as long as she kind of keeps keeps at her craft and keeps making music and expands her fan base. Well, nice having Maddie on. So, what? Yeah. Any, anything else we got to talk about? No, I think we're done today. We talked. I a think lot. we're tired. Yeah, I, I think, think we're tired. Paul and I are tired, and <laughs> excuse we kept me. Kept you in the loop. We tried to keep you in the loop, and uh, we wish you had been there. Yeah, what loop. There was a loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the loop. <laughs> <laughs> what the podcast movement loop? Yep. Yeah, the podcast loop. Oh, there's no loop. <laughs> Come on. Uh, so, do we want to? I think. Uh, oh, go ahead. I think. I think we wish you would have been there. So that it would have been way more fun. Yeah. No, we would. Well, we would have pissed off more people. Yeah. <laughs> we could have. We could have done a live podcast, like everyone says, is going to be podcast two point oh. So well, ne- next year. Next year. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You want to end this episode uh, by uh, listening to Maddie's next song, "My Eyes Have Dried." Well, we'll do that. Talk us out, and then we play our <laughs> song. We'll end with Maddie's last song. Sounds good. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 Podcast. For everything that we talked about, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, have fun listening to Maddie Hicks' single, My Eyes Have Dried. Say goodbye, Greg. Goodbye, Greg. Trying to write about your ass no more I've got better songs in store And you're getting real boring, boy Wouldn't say I'm happy to be a ghost of yours Except for when you happen to be up close, of course I can be a frightening force And your eyes tell you a whole story, boy And what?